Yo, 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 it's your boy Dapper Don Dez. You're now tuned in to the Dapper Don Podcast. Yeah. And man, today I want to discuss the top five and the top five culture that just does not seem to exist in the South. Man, I can't tell you what it is exactly, but I can tell you it just doesn't seem to be reflective as it is up North. See, if you notice up North, it's a real discussion on who's top five, dead or alive. You see so many artists who fight for that coveted position, that coveted spot. And it's often given to artists like Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie, Pac. It's never really given to artists that come from outside of that. Not even like well lyrically esteemed artists like uh, Eminem or ones that's completely authentic and true to self like Snoop Dogg. They give pocket, even though technically Pac was born on the East Coast. And he didn't move to the Bay Area till he was 17. But, you know, you can't deny Pac. Pac was just too influential to deny Pac. I don't even think you can be taken serious in a hip-hop culture if you decided to to try, like, discredit Pac as being top five. Let me tell it. But the issue is, why does it not seem that the top five culture doesn't seem to follow trend in the South. When you come to the South, it's never really the same type of energy. It's never the same really uh, knowledge put into it. Why don't Southern rappers care to be in it? Why don't the media care to put Southern rappers in it? Who should be in it? What should be considered the best who grades it? Man, I'm going to break all this down in this segment of Deep Down in the Dirty. Yeah. So the first question that I got to ask myself is, why doesn't being top five matter in the South? And the first thing that come to mind is money, 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 money. It seems in the South, or now just culture, period, in hip-hop, but definitely the South started the trend of it is... I'm getting more a show than you. There's, I must be the better MC because now I'm getting more of a show. If you're getting 100 a show, you must be the better artist. You must be the better rapper. It's money, money, money. It's money driven. And honestly, if you love something, then get paid to do it, right? It can also be detrimental too because you can get paid money for doing goofy stuff. You could just be a goofball and people pay you to do goofball things. But as far as really articulating yourself and getting in there and writing and hitting that pen and pad and experiment with your sound, experiment with your voice and really just giving your passionate view on things, that takes a skill set, that takes passion, that takes patience, and, and that takes dedication to cultivate such a skill like that. Or you can just do something quick and get a lot of show money. But nonetheless, it just seems that money is the root of all clout. And there's top five is completely irrelevant. Another reason why top five isn't it, because why be top five when you can be number one? It seems like we put charts over clout. Why be the artist that has all the clout in the world, that has everything that I guess any other rapper will want. Why not just be the artist that has the number one record? Because the number one record in the country seems to make you the best anyway. You look at Cardi, 
It didn't feel like anybody was on Cardi's wave like that until Bodak Yellow went number one. It's really charts over clout. It's not I won this rap battle against this person. It's not look, I got five mics in the source. All that's done. Where's the five mics in the source? It's gone. That culture is gone. The only thing that matters is what Billboard says. Are you number one on iTunes? If not, you must not have made quality products. How many likes is it getting? How many shares is it getting? This is a new, you know, this is a new top five. What's the traction on what you're doing versus what's the attraction of what you're doing? You understand me? <laughs> you got to keep up because I'm going now. If you look at metrics from the point of what gets the most looks and what's being seen more what are people calling the radio stations and doing what are people streaming the most once again that's crucial so you no longer need the clout of when you might have seen krs1 go at mc shane i'm sorry mc sean i'm sorry when krs1 went at mc sean you didn't necessarily, you didn't need a chart record for that. There was no YouTube views. Hey, he did that and I got 30,000 views in one day. It wouldn't have done the things that you think it would have done. I don't think it would have changed the pace at the label. I don't think it would have changed the pace at the media. I don't think it would have cultivated the decision. But all that incident had when he did the bridges over, the bridges over, that brought clout. That clout was enough. Nas may or may not have beat Jay. There was no YouTube counters, right? Like, let's say Jay-Z would have dropped TakeOver, and TakeOver got 10 million views in the first week. He drops, then Nas drops Ether. He does half a million, which may be five times more than what he usually does, but we'll measure that out against itself and say, man, Jay did 10 million, you did half a million. You look like you're losing, but at that time, all they had was clout. What was getting more attention? What felt bigger? You feel me? So now it's just charts over clout. It's a little more uh, archaic. It's a little bit more formulaic, uh, more of a formula. It's more based on numbers and data sheets. And, you know, you can't really argue with numbers. Numbers don't lie. But just because numbers don't lie, that doesn't mean you the truth either. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, also, you gotta be real. They want titles over rankings. Like I said, why be top five when you can be number one? Why be in competition when you can be king? See, if you was king of whatever, like let's say you from Memphis, you king of Memphis. You from the South, you king of South, or you the hardest out, you the realest, you the whatever. These titles is better. These are the titles. You're the most consistent. You're the, you want more titles of you, you won't want these titles versus actually being labeled in a box and having peers and having a class. Not like sports, right? Because in sports, you want to be in the SEC. In sports, you want to be in the NBA. You want to be in the NFL. But this isn't a sport. It is it's a title. A title is given to the president doesn't compete with other presidents. He's the only president of the United States, right? If you were... Uh, if you a king, you're not compete with any other king in your kingdom. You're the one and only king. You would base this off. Now, what you base this off, and this is beautiful, what you base it off of is something that people can't argue. It's what you do best. If you're coming up and you're saying, I have the streets, you don't need to be top five, but you got the streets. 
no one can argue that. Once you get a little bigger and now you got, you know, record sales behind you and tours, whatever, you're legendary. You this, you that. But I think titles is more important. Like, oh, I'm king of the city or, you know, I'm the realest in the streets. I think these titles is more important than actually being in a ranking system. And that brings me, and that's kind of adjacent to my next point, where it's cooler to be a real street dude than a real rapper. Like, I would remember Plies bragging about just learning how to count bars. It seems like we celebrating the fact that we aren't, I say we, they're celebrating the fact that they're not very technically inclined with the music industry and its inner workings. That they just essentially just kind of had the it factor and rolled off the streets, like just woke up, out, walked out the trap house and became the most successful rapper in the game. Trust me, it didn't work that way for nobody. Everyone tried for something. Everyone tried for something. Everyone tried for something. But yeah, like I'm saying, you know, you just kind of work your way into it. You know, you didn't really have to work your way into it. You was just the real deal, you know? It was the hardest out. And I think that's more cooler than, oh, I've spun years, you know, rapping to a beatbox and rapping to the boombox and and I'm just a student of the craft. I listened to all of this. I hung up pictures on my walls. I was a wide-eyed kid, fell in love with the craft. Instead of, like I said, you just rolled out the trap and made a good song, and now you on a roll. That's kind of more cool these days. I guess it makes it more authentic. And, and really, another reason, last reason I can think of, is there's not really a rap battle culture. Right, New York had a rap battle culture. We really don't. If you look at anybody in the top five that's solidified, always in the top five, they share a rap beef. Pac and Big share a rap beef. Jay and Nas share a rap beef. So when you have that big of an attraction, that's a part of it. You have to have a legendary rap beef. I don't think, uh, I don't think Eminem has a legendary rap beef. I don't think. T.I. has a legendary rap beef. I don't think Snoop definitely doesn't have a legendary rap beef because you don't have these things. It just makes it a little bit more tougher. But, you know, other people to put you in the top five. Because let's not act like rap beef isn't a huge factor in how they move and how they determine who's what. So with all that being said, and most of this is a good answer most of what I just said answered my next question, but why the artists from the South never top five listed but make up majority of rappers? Everything I said, I definitely stand by everything I just told you. On top of the fact that in the South, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of credence given into the lyricism of a thing, but merely the storytelling of it. So it's kind of like storytelling over lyricism. You're not necessarily looking for quotables. You know, in New York, you want a quotable. That's what makes you legendary. If you can be quoted, you can be voted, right? And that's not really the case. We really just want to get to know who you are. So that can kind of be a hindrance to it. Just the style of rapping and how much, 
how much is put into the music and the culture. And of course, adjacent to that is your choice of sound and beats. Your choice of beats. You gotta understand if you're looking at New York, you know, New York culture, aka authentic real hip hop, that was based on battling people. The DJs battled, and the MCs battled, and the crews battled, the gangs battled, battle, 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 battle. While if you look at, say, Miami bass music coming from house music or, you know, trigger music coming out of New Orleans or, you know, a second line, most of Southern music is based on actual musicality, sonic influence that later had a MC added to it. I think this is what leads to New York MCs feeling like it should be considered two separate genres of music because one just formed different than the other did. But we have to be honest, to a certain degree, hip-hop, the cake of hip-hop was baked in, in the Bronx. Can't take that from me. The cake of hip-hop was baked in the Bronx, but those ingredients came from all over the country, all over our culture. And when you start seeing that slice of pie come back down here, people are going to gravitate to that more because black people like music more so than uh, uh, philosophy and knowledge and kicking game and whatever it is you're doing. So the picking of a sound. So you may look at the hot boys and think, well, they kind of birth mumble rap with their flow, blah, blah, blah. But really, they were weaving in A1 lyricism into beats that they listened to, that they knew the clubs would go for. That's just kind of how that go. That's how bounce music is. That's how it's just any sound goes. So, and it's one of the best sounds. Of course, I got to give it to West Coast Hip Hop for being, honestly, what I feel is the best sound. We also got to be all the way 100 about it majority of media is in New York most labels are in New York I really think that New York media and this is why I started my podcast New York media is not keeping up with how fast the culture is moving the culture is growing at a pace that New York media just cannot keep up with and that definitely has to be a change that has to start to see more of a growth uh, when you hear them write about it they rap when you hear, you know, writers and bloggers and whoever cover this stuff, it's New Yorkers. You look at the biggest radio show on the East Coast, the DJ is a New Yorker. So if DJ Envy is from Queens, and it's no disrespect to him, he may not necessarily be aware of how legendary Boosie and Webby is, how hard plies really go. He may not be aware of all of the greatness that is going on. And you can't blame them. I mean, how would you know what's going on on the other side of the country? It takes people from that area to speak up more and to be more of a presence and just to really shine more of a light on a certain culture, I feel. And, of course, so that's, that leads to my point of little representation. We need more representation. We had the Ozone. Ozone magazine was definitely one of the bigger... Uh, entities, one of the bigger media companies that really just shed such a big light on on 
on just the whole South, especially Florida, especially, you know, uh, they cover MOE money over everything. That was a Duval group. Uh, uh, Lil Duval was in that heavy. You've seen everybody, Rick Ross. It was just so much love going on at Ozone. And also, let's be real, there's a lack of competitiveness. That goes back to my point about not having a battle culture. If I'm not trying to compete with you on a battling level, what's the point? I'm trying to make a high record with you. Once again, I'm trying to get on that chart because that chart is where the legends are. The legends are in a rap battle. Legendary uh, glory isn't in the rap battle. It's in a rap ballad. How can me and you work together? How can me and you cook up something that both of us can really profit off of? So there's that. So now here's the fun part. Oh, I'm excited. So even though top five list five artists, there's four that's always in it. And five is kind of like your pick, but this is the general five. Jay, Biggie, Pac, and Nas. Right? So what I wanted was what four artists are a direct mirror to Jay, Biggie, Pac, and Nas. I came up with a couple options for each artist. So first one I thought about was Jay-Z. And I felt like the ultimate mirror to Jay-Z is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne ultimately, from his longevity, his consistency, his empire, Young Money, Young Money can stack up against the best of them, can stack up against Rough Rock, can stack up against Rockefeller, can stack up against No Limit. Cash Money in itself, and Lil Wayne is the cash money, you know, poster child. He was there from the conception to the rebuilding of it, man. He completely changed the direction of it. And this guy has coughed legends up, man. Uh, you got Currency, Nicki, Drake. Bro, you I mean, you name it. He's just one of the, one of the premier artists, premier lyricists. His skill and his work ethic is like just no one, no other. And I feel if you're going to say Jay-Z, Lil Wayne can easily be considered a mirror to that. If we're talking on a rapper level. I got to also say, I got to say Master P. If I'm going to just talk business, if I'm going to talk cultivating and sound, if I'm going to talk being a leader among the boys on your block, you got to go with Master P. Master P took an opportunity took Master P took an opportunity that he saw to capitalize on and he bet on himself. He made money on himself and he won major. That business acumen, even though I'm not comparing them as rappers cuz it's not even close. But Master P as a businessman paved the way for a Jay-Z. Not just mirrors him but paves the way for a Jay-Z. Jay-Z mirrors a masterpiece, especially what we seeing with title and what we seeing with Jay coming into his own as a businessman and really being at the forefront of business is amazing. But I would go with masterpiece. I would also say Ti. I would say Ti as far as just being a leader among rappers, being a leader, being someone that. being somebody that at the world can look to to uh to stand up for something and just to have a call to have an amazing story the rags the riches the from zero to hero story it's a beautiful thing 
The second one, Biggie. Of course, I'm going to go with 8-Ball. I'm going to go with 8-Ball with just his swagger, his style, his laid-back flow. And, you know, 8-Ball's a lot bigger than Biggie, but I really think that raw gutter thing that he has, especially when you pair that with MJG, it's amazing. Uh, they both was on Bad Boy, even though him and MJG done been all around, man. They done been there. They done been in Grand Hustle. I even heard rumors of MMG. Like, they was just been everywhere. But I got to give it to 8-Ball MJG. Not 8-Ball MJG. Just, I mean, 8-Ball. If I'm, a, I wanted to throw, you know, a very underrated artist on there. I know a lot of people that may not be in the Southern hip-hop. Like, what? 8-Ball? Look him up. He's nice. Trust me. My next pick, the next person that come to mind, I know y'all gonna be like, what? All right, bro, you reaching. Andre 3000. If Biggie had an unorthodox flow and it produced it a more higher falsetto version, it would be Andre 3000. When you look at just the way he flows on a record and the way he finds a pocket and the way he just kind of turns uh, lyricism into poetry, him and Biggie got that in common when I just talk about being unorthodox on a record saying what you feel and just being very eccentric on the flow you have to acknowledge just you know and biggie like to sing i don't think people realize that you know how much people talk about that but for the content biggie does have he's singing a lot so let's not act like that's too far-fetched and of course i'm gonna say rick ross you know what that being my favorite rapper as far as the lyricists, as far as just being battle tested, as far as just being the roughest and the ruggedest, uh, his empire, his style, his crew. He actually had a line on Yacht Club, which is controversial. He said, ain't I bigger than Biggie? Bitch, I'm bigger than you. I was like, okay. He clearly wasn't talking about Biggie when he said that. I guess he was just being like facetious, like saying, no, I'm bigger than Biggie. Okay, you don't believe that? Well, I'm still bigger than you are. But, you know, big ups to him. I don't, that's a big, that's a lot to say. But he is sponsored by Optimals now, so good for him. Pac. Next one, Pac. The artist that I think, honestly, is the closest thing to a Pac and mirrors Pac. That Pac, that him and Pac just, they're brothers from another mother. Man, you got to go with Trick Daddy. When you want to talk that real shit, you got to say Trick Daddy. When you want to talk the introspective gangster shit, you got to talk Trick Daddy. When you want to talk about F the system and and this is how we give it up, you got to talk Trick Daddy. You got to keep it all the way real, all the way gutter. You hear me? You got to go with Trick Daddy. It's nothing else. But I also got to say Soldier Slim. Yeah, not just because of his untimely murder, but y'all may not listen to Soldier Slim, but Soldier Slim had a level of honesty that no other artist had. He would rap about him being addicted to cocaine and him kind of just being down bad. Like that level of honesty, I don't even think Pac had. I believe Pac enjoyed a lot more than just Hennessy. But Soldier would talk about this. Soldier would rap about, yo, you know, shouting out drug dealers who refuse to sell him too much coke because he might overdose on it or, you know, just kind of showing love, talking about him robbing or him selling to him get introspective with songs like soldier's life mentality i'm not even gonna tell you what that song about just go listen to it you gonna hear what i mean when i say 
Pac and Soldier Slim are two sides of the same coin. I'm gonna also go with another one. I'm gonna go with Plies, man. I know y'all see a lot with Plies, and you see Plies is, you know, he having a lot of fun right now. He just, he chilling. He's kind of been doing this since Definition of Real, since his brother got out. But I'm talking about when his brother was locked up, and clearly he was in a darkest space. His music orbited around not only the violence in the streets, but also the prison systems and the consequence of being in the streets. But it's the weirdest thing because it's like you celebrate being a murderer, but kind of attack those who convict the murderers. It, it, it did seem like the oxymoron. And it, it was truth wrapped in, in a contradiction, you know? It, it was definitely truth wrapped in a contradiction. And I think him and Pac walked that fine line where it's like, okay, I feel where you're coming from, even though where you're coming from feels like two separate places. But I'm going to stick with that, you know, hot take, hot take. I'm saying Plies. I'm saying Pac. Uh, the next one, of course, I'm going Nas. And if I'm going to say Nas, if I'm going Nas, if you going Nas, I'm going Scarface. Don't play with me. If I honestly willing to say if there was no Scarface, there'd be no Nas. <laughs> I'll take that high take. I think when you look at just the diary alone, you know, uh, he was Scarface was a lot more violent than Nas. I would say that. His stories was a lot more violent. And his sound. I was gonna do a whole segment on that. How a lot of Scarface's sound sounded like the West Coast, you know? A lot of early on, like songs like White Sheets, and he just had a real G-Funk sound, an amazing voice for the record. You know, Smile with Pac was, that's the best example that I can probably give you on why he's, why he's right next to it. If you haven't heard Smile, which is Pac featuring our Scarface, you're missing out. Scarface, especially his prayer at the end, man, it really touched me. It was a powerful record, and it's like, man, I wish these brothers could be alive to make a whole album of this. I'm buying it. But I'm also gonna show a newcomer some love. We talking about all the old heads. Let's be real, man, J. Cole. J. Cole, he is hippie to the hip hop. You don't stop the bang, bang, boogie, you hit me? He got all of that going for himself. One of the hardest, one of the hottest, one of the newest out. I mean, newest legends. He's spitting, you know, that lyrical miracle spiritual, and I gotta put him on this list. And the number five, oftentimes the number five spots left open, but one artist that seems to repeatedly make it is Jadakiss. So I would honorably mention not only if I had to give one side. If I say, if I had to give like Jadakiss one side and I gotta say his mirror effect would be Yo Gotti. The reason why I say that is because both of them have a unique ability to satisfy their core and mainstream at the same time and stay relevant. Gotti's been relevant a long time. Jadakiss a lot longer, but still Gotti's been relevant a long time. He's been satisfying his core. He's honestly just an artist that 
And even though you may not think lyricists when you think Yo Gotti, the thing that make Gotti and Jadakiss so amazing is when you look at their quotables, when you look at everything that makes them who they are, it's based on being knowledgeable, being wise, being being smart, just having something worth saying. And that's Yo Gotti and Jada to the fullest, man.